Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Small Girl Abroad Podcast Season 2. Today's topic is interesting and this is in relation to this celebration that I found every March. And it's called the National Crafting Month. And apparently, this was established back in 1994 by the Craft and Hobby Association to raise awareness and help people discover their creativity and share that to the world. So, if you are an artist or someone who's interested to pursue art, you know, in different forms, you are definitely not alone and this month is for you. Today, our guest is a talented Slovak fiber artist based in Seattle, USA. We are going to talk about what's it like to be an artist in the US as a foreigner and how she balances doing what she loves while managing a business while being a parent. So let's talk about that. Here is Andy. Andy is a fiber artist from Slovakia who is now living in Seattle, USA. She creates amazing rug designs and decorations. And her main medium is punch needle. Hi, Andy. Welcome. I'm happy to have you here. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So how are you and your life as a Slovak artist in the U.S.? (laughs) You know, it's still uh, hard for me to sometimes call myself an artist because I Mm -hmm. feel that most of the time I just play with yarn (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh I how's my life well um I work I'm a parent I do a lot of things that I love uh so I would say overall my life is great I'm going through you know similar things most people are going through uh as a business owner as a as a parent um then we have the pandemic, of course. So uh, here right now in Seattle, I feel like we are in a little bit of a bubble compared to the rest of the states and Mm -hmm. possibly countries when it comes to COVID. Uh, So I feel really safe here because most people are being very careful And the numbers haven't been too bad. So, you know, from that stand, I feel safe sending my son to school Mm -hmm. with a mask on and, you know, going to stores and things like that. So I I would say I have it better than a lot of people, Mm -hmm. for sure. Well, that's good because I think, yeah, as you said, many people are probably not experiencing the same thing. But it's it's a privilege that we have that we can live in a place that we feel safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So I know that, you know, you're, you're living there and you're doing all these different um, roles. But um, I wanted to know more about your, your work as well. So when you say that you are a fiber artist, can you tell us what it means and how did it all start? Have you always been a fiber artist? Yeah, so uh, it's we have a little bit of a joke in my family when it comes to explaining what a fiber artist is mm-hmm. back home. My dad has 
written down a full sentence on how to explain it because he he always confused uh, what to say when people ask him what I do. <laughs> so fiber artist is someone who uh, deals with fiber in any way. So it can be embroidery, it can be knitting, it can be crochet. Uh, in my case, it is making rugs and tapestries with punch needle or through tufting. Uh, so that would be kind of a, you know, I would say a general description. Uh, and I have been taught to like fiber since very early on. My grandma taught me to uh, embroider and cross stitch uh, mm -hmm. and uh, knit. And I knitted with my mom as well. Uh, and my great aunt uh, showed me some crochet. So I've always been around it, but never to a point of um, it being my work. Mm -hmm. So uh the punch needle part came unexpectedly in 2017 after I lost my corporate job and I was trying to figure out what to do with myself while looking for work and saw a video on Instagram of someone making uh, a pillow with punch needle. And I became mesmerized and I just had to try it out and see what it is and how it's done. And I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's cool. And do you think that, you know, um, your experiences with, you know, your grandma, your family in general, made you contributed to you being a very creative person that you are today? Absolutely. I believe that, uh, I learn from everything and everything I do contributes uh, to other things in a certain way, uh, even mm -hmm. things that I may not like at a moment or I don't want to do at the moment. I somehow always, as I'm doing something, it kind of throws me back to something else I did in the past. And, you know, uh, sometimes you do like a million different things and they connect into one thing that you do later on. So um I'm now a huge believer that everything I do leads to something. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, creativity is in my blood. As my, my grandfather was uh, a, a carpenter, one grandfather mm -hmm. was a carpenter, another grandfather was a tailor. And my dad actually taught me how to sew with the sewing machine mm -hmm. and how to use all the tools apparently the first time I had a drill held a drill was when I was two years old <laughs> oh that's kind of dangerous and, yeah well my dad helped me but I remember helping my dad with things around the house as I don't know I mean forever I always mm -hmm. wanted to be next to him when he was doing something so when I was little he gave me a piece of wood and some nails and a hammer and I would just hammer in the nails uh, mm -hmm. as I was next to him and then as I was older he would you know let me help more and so I've always 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 loved making things with hands mm -hmm. wow so with all this influence around you uh, why do you think that you know you didn't um you weren't led into this career sooner than 2017. <laughs> because I, uh, very good question, first of all, uh, because I never saw art as uh, a profession. Mm -hmm. In Slovakia, it was never presented to 
me as a, you know, a possibility to, you know, that this could be my job one day. Mm -hmm. um, it was more sensible jobs, you know, you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, you can be, I don't know, a business woman or, you know, something that would have a steady stream of income mm -hmm. um, that would allow me to be self-sufficient. And so I actually went to business school mm -hmm. <laughs> in Czech Republic uh, and I failed miserably. And I know why, because I just, <laughs> I hated all of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it never, never occurred to me mm -hmm. ever even. I think it's, it's something that is, common in you know many places for mm -hmm. example when you are trying to get into the university choosing between different courses and programs I think some families can be supportive of you know whatever your heart is uh, mm -hmm. wh wherever your heart is just follow it but to most people they would be like is this career or is this program going to lead you to having a good job is this going to give you a lot of money so mm -hmm. yes we support you in your dreams but dreams cannot feed you necessarily so exactly. that's the kind of thinking so yes. I understand why it's not considered as a career by many mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. yes. I agree I agree and parents want to take care of their children so they yeah. want to make sure that they have careers that can sustain them and where they won't be uh you know stressed about money and things like that so mm -hmm. yeah from that standpoint as a parent um I can absolutely uh, agree and, and um, understand. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I think it's only probably in the last few years that we have seen um, more and more creative people, uh, especially now that we have different social media um, tools to promote our work. And people are just promoting what they're doing, their projects, and there's a huge community of people supporting each other. And it's, it's just getting bigger. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I love that. I love connecting with other um, artists and entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and talking about, you know, ins and outs of what we do, because uh, my family is very supportive uh, of mm -hmm. what I do, but no one understands what I go through uh, because they have never had their own business. And so mm -hmm. every time I talk to someone, who does and is going through the same notions it's such a um such a refreshing discussion because they know it's you know mm -hmm. it's just kind of like you know you know what it means you know what it takes and it's it's not a and, you know I'm not saying that in a bad way but it's just natural you know it's it's really good to talk to someone who is going something similar than you are mm -hmm. that is true and Actually, I want to follow up on that. Um, how would you describe a life of an artist? And is there anything that you dislike whenever you are creating or working on a project? Mm -hmm. uh, so life as an artist, it depends if you are a successful artist or if you are a starting artist or starving mm -hmm. artist or, you know, depending <laughs> on how well you can sustain yourself. If you're a successful artist, then... Um, you know, I mean, across the board as an artist, there's ebb and flow to business. You're one day, you have a ton to do, and the next day you have nothing to do. And so, uh, you know, the hardest part is 
And the, the best part and the hardest part is that you're working for yourself. So the best part is you can choose your schedule, figure out what you want to do. And, you know, just no one is there to tell you what to do. But that's also the challenging part. So you really have to push yourself and you really have to be looking into new things to do. And, and how are you moving forward? Where are you going? What's your plan? Things like that. And those are the things that personally scare me the most <laughs> because mm -hmm. I haven't been really good about that. I've just sort of been like, oh, I'm an artist. I'm creating things. But <laughs> uh, this year I'm really zoning in into business plan, marketing plan, uh, and things like that, because really with all the people that are on social media uh, promoting their work, people get lost, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people that are have hundreds and thousands of followers and you never hear about them if they don't promote themselves, you know? So mm -hmm. you really like a sea of just a lot of people and you're trying to stay afloat. And so that's the hardest part for me and not something I enjoy a lot. Although, mm -hmm. um, you know, once I've decided to really zone in on it, um, I can see that it's really all about organizing myself and singing in front of a calendar every day and putting, writing things down and scheduling myself for things, scheduling myself every day for specific tasks. So mm -hmm. I don't feel overwhelmed because some, I've had days <laughs> last year when I would just sit down and freak out because I'm like I need to figure out a new collection a new kit and I need to update my website and I need to do my taxes and blah blah blah, blah. Oh. and I always try to do everything in one day and it's just not possible and mm -hmm. so and yes it's taken me a while <laughs> to realize this uh, but uh, I think I'm finally finally on a new path that'll hopefully uh, show some results. So I, I've been um, scheduling myself every day for specific things. Um, also to keep myself busy, because I've noticed if I'm not super busy, if there's even a sliver of free time, I sort of just, well, I have time and, you know, <laughs> I, I slack off in a way. So I really just need to like go, go, go and keep doing things because otherwise uh, I fall behind. So the less work there is, I'm actually working less and um, I'm less productive, I'm less motivated and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a weird thing, but I realized that that's how I work. And so I need mm -hmm. to... Uh, it's a good thing to know about yourself and how you work, you know, what yeah. works for you and what doesn't. So I can apply that in the future. Mm -hmm. And based on what you said, I think it's a mix of commitment and, you know, the constant movement and, you know, creating not just mm -hmm. the actual physical doing, but, you know, creating uh, patterns or finding the inspiration to do, uh, the pattern before you actually do that mm -hmm. so where do you find inspiration for your new collections um just from things around me sometimes things just pop in my head it's the weirdest mm -hmm. thing I go to bed and as I'm falling asleep something just like blinks an image blinks in my mind and I try to either write it down or remember it which most often I don't mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I, I don't know what you mean down. Yeah, I need to write it down or, you know, draw it real quick. Mm -hmm. um, 
And sometimes I just stretch fabric on the frame and I sit in front of it and then grab a marker and things just come out. Mm -hmm. So it's very much a free flow. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. I think it's not, there are times that it's not easy to find inspiration. You know, I mean, uh, when you have something on your mind and then putting it onto the canvas or in your case, I don't know how it's called. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it's called canvas as well. Sure, you can, uh, yeah. But um, the, what, what comes to your mind and what you put on the canvas is sometimes appearing differently. Uh, but I don't know how it works. Does it, uh, do you think that um, the execution and the one that's on your mind is pretty much the same? No. <laughs> Unless it is a, a preset design that I have a commission for someone and I know uh -huh. exactly this is what I have to do, which mm -hmm. is actually uh, a bit tough. <laughs> I just had a, a really, really big commission last year, which I still cannot talk about. So <laughs> driving me crazy but uh hopefully soon mm -hmm. and I learned a lot with that collection because or commission because I you know I drew I drew it on the canvas and then I just wanted to start doing different things to it and I realized that I can't so that was really interesting uh with me I most of the time I draw something and then as I'm going and I'm filling it with yarn I I change either the colors or the shape or you know, the, the length of the yarn that's mm -hmm. coming out on the other side, things like that. So it's very much, um, uh, I'm kind of like, it's just like a free flow with, mm -hmm. as I'm doing it, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm changing it. So yeah, it very, very, most of the time it doesn't come out the same <laughs> way as when it started. So, which mm -hmm. is actually fun. It's part of the whole process, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel you. It's always, I mean, I, I don't do the type of art that you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't tried it, but it's really in interesting. That's actually how I discovered your work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, when I start about doing, let's say I wanted to do this bag and then I... I search for uh, steps on how I can do this. And then I keep finding new things. And I'm like, as I'm learning, I discover, oh, that color seems like a better match than this. But then I already bought my yarn and I already mm -hmm. have plans for it. So I'm like, oh, stop thinking about anything else yeah. other than this. So you have to focus, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so easy to uh, just keep discovering new things and mm -hmm. wanting to change. Yeah. Which is also okay. You know, it's, it's part of the whole thing. So. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, I wanted to also ask you, so, you know, not just about art, but of course your uh, experience as a foreigner. Uh, like you, I am also a foreigner, but here in Slovakia. <laughs> um, but it is highly evident and obvious that you know when people see me I often get looked at and probably for different reasons I don't know what they're thinking of course but the most common is this look that I get where people are quite concerned if they have to speak English with me or not and one thing I often end up doing is pausing while my brain tries to process and understand what was said to me and then I translate that Slovak into English and then my brain starts to think, hmm, how can I say that 
in Slovak. So it's like the whole process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I look, I probably look like someone who, uh, who couldn't hear. Right. And in one instance, probably this guy thought that I couldn't hear him and he was screaming at me in Slovak. Um, okay. And at the time, I couldn't say anything other than, you know, and for me, language is a huge barrier, but mm-hmm. I am learning. <laughs> um, but for you. Yeah, it's, and it's kind of difficult, but, you know, uh, I think it has improved. But, you know, that being said, uh, I wanted to know what's it like being a foreigner in the U.S. who looks very similar to the locals? And, Mm -hmm. you know, what are the pros and cons that you have observed or learned in the past 19 years? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's been a very long time. I've been here almost as long as I lived in Slovakia, which is... uh, hard sometimes and I hope I don't get too emotional (laughs) because yeah uh so my experience I have to say as a uh, as an immigrant has been overall very good uh except maybe in the beginning um when I had you know visa I couldn't go home for six years that was hard and then I had green card and it was like every time we went home it was just like showing all these papers and and things like that before I got my citizenship so from immigration standpoint and travel that was um, pain in the butt (laughs) I remember when I first came uh, I had uh, a hard time I came as a nanny and I remember calling my parents every day and just crying on the phone. And I was like, I just want to go home. It's, you know, it's, it's hard coming to a new country. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew the language somewhat. I mean, I studied in high school and in elementary school, so I had some bases, but basics, but uh, I wasn't fluent by no means, you know? And so uh, a lot of times it was just, as we say in Slovakia, you know, I, I spoke with my hands and my feet. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever heard that. Have you heard that? Uh, no, but I know what you mean. I did the same thing. when Yeah. I you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what helped me was um, actually watching TV with subtitles on. So I was hearing the words, I was seeing them as they're written. And um, so it was, it starting, started to click a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to college, I, I remember just dictionary with everything and I was translating all the words and book dictionary at the time, no online, nothing. Yeah, wow. you know, there was internet and everything, but it, you know, it was still, everything was like books and stuff. So I remember just translating uh, all kinds of just books, everything pretty much. Um, And I was studying psychology. So the words were really complicated too. Uh, And then, you know, I don't remember when I stopped using the dictionary and just sort of, it just happened. You know, I surrounded myself. I completely immersed myself in English. of course, my husband is also from Slovakia, so at home it was all Slovak, you know, but um, then we started speaking English to each other at home, 
And I started forgetting words in Slovakia when I was talking to my parents. And so uh-huh. that was a little, I was a little too immersed. Uh, so that was hard. Uh, and then it changed later on when we had a child. But um, as an immigrant, you know, as a white female, um, I, I can't say, knock on wood, as we say, um, I've had a really good experience. Everyone has accepted me. I'm very outgoing. Um, I didn't mind, you know, not knowing all the words or not pronouncing them perfectly. I mm-hmm. just, you know, whatever I was able to communicate, I communicated and, um, yeah, it was fine for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say that I had any, any negative experiences at all, but I do relate to the fact that you know, I have had that happen. Like you said, when you were thinking about something someone said to you and you were trying to translate it in your brain. Yeah. I also had a lady say something to me and I couldn't, I partially couldn't hear her, but then she started like talking to me loudly and repeating it. I'm just like, oh, just wait, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, I can relate to that. And it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people forget that people come from different places and can be uh, processing something, not necessarily not knowing something. So mm-hmm. I think it's in Slovakia, definitely, you know, people have been around white people from Slovakia their whole lives. And so they mm-hmm. don't know what it's like for someone to come and not knowing the language and so they don't really know how to react to that so Mm -hmm. that is true and I think that you know it's um it's normal for some countries that are not used to getting I don't know maybe English speaking visitors (laughs) um and or in in the U.S. for example I've seen uh videos where people are talking in Spanish or whatever their language is and they get stopped and I don't understand why you have to interrupt this conversation and they'll be like you are in the U.S. speak English don't speak Spanish but that person is not talking to them so why you know butt in so uh, it's it's quite similar uh, but nobody is really being straightforward like you are in Slovakia speak Slovak it's it's only when people start to complain about the difficulties of living in here but people just mind their own business so that's somehow what I like about it they just Mm -hmm. go their own way and just don't think about others yeah yes yeah it is sad when uh you know I hear about all the things here um about all the racism and you know things like that so uh my husband and I definitely have had numerous conversations with our son too Mm -hmm. so that he can understand what it is and he will never understand it fully because he's a white male but mm-hmm. um, he needs to know about those experiences people are having and he needs to you know learn as much as he can so he can understand uh, it a little bit better uh, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not easy I mean I can't imagine and the things I've heard it's just you know the Asian hate here lately has been awful mm-hmm. um, I have friends who've told me, you know, and walking on the street and they get spit on for no reason, you know, and things like that. So people just need to 
accept others around them, you know, no matter what they look like, no matter what language they speak, unless someone's hurting you directly, physically, Mm -hmm. it's really none of your business what other people are talking and how they're talking and what they do and what they look like, you know, so... Mm -hmm. Yes, I think this is learned and a lot of people need to unlearn that because, yes. you know, the best way to go with this is just be kind, but it's difficult to stay and, you know, keep yourself at ease when you're being attacked yes. in different ways, whether it be verbal or, you know, physical. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, I didn't have any of these attacks, luckily. Um, perhaps the thing that hurt me a little bit was you know, the fact that I I am unable to express myself and that mm-hmm. people were shouting at me. But also, like, when the pandemic started, you know, in the beginning, th- that people thought that, you know, every Asian person in, in Slovakia is actually from abroad. Um, right. And I remember I was still going to work. And when it started around March or April, Nobody was sitting beside me. <laughs> Nobody wanted to sit beside me. And I understand the worry because everybody's scared. And, you know, everybody thinks that when you're Asian, you're like automatically from China. But I mean, that's what I observed. So that kind of hurt a little bit. But I understand, you know, the scare of this, um, you know, virus is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's very politicized in Slovakia, too, which is unfortunate, you know. And it's it's turned towards uh, racial hate. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, well, uh, it's it's a process, and I think yes. everyone is learning, you know, slowly. Uh, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> it's going mm-hmm. deeper and deeper. But yeah, uh, I wanted to go back to you know the art industry. Mm-hmm. So, with your success. I honestly believe that you're successful. I don't know if you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you balance being a parent, a wife, and someone who's working on a business? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say um, being an artist doesn't change um, the priorities for me when it comes to being a parent. That's always number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, And, you know, when I first worked in corporate uh, and even in like movies and in shows, you see women are supposed to be like my career and my career is number one and, you know, family can wait and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I started adopting that. um, And that was luckily before I had my son even. And it was like, yes, you know, when people are celebrated for working 10 hours a day and coming early and leaving Mm -hmm. late and things like that. And, and then I realized what's the point of all that? You know, I, I became a parent and I, I started saying no to things. I, you know, I realized I have one child and he will only be you know, this age as he is today, today, tomorrow, he's going to be a day older and so on and Mm -hmm. so forth. So every time I'm missing with him, I will never get back and no job, no one, and nothing is more important to me than that. Mm -hmm. So my son is my priority and my family. And then my business comes after, which is, uh, you know, 
the business suffers sometimes because of that in a way, because I can't give it 12 hours a day. I mean, I could, but I don't want to because, you know, uh, and with pandemic, it also deepened, you know, when my son was home for almost two years and we started doing things differently. Uh, when uh, I went back to work when he was four months old. Mm-hmm. So, sure. yes, because you don't get, you know, parental uh, support here from the government. And so uh-huh. I we couldn't afford the time for my husband just work and I would stay home. So I had to go back to work and I lost so much time with my son. So when the pandemic started and he start, stayed home, I actually looked at it as getting all that time back as a family, you know, we were together all day and, and yes, he did his school and I did work, but we were together and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, so that was kind of nice. Um, so mostly what I do, um, you know, like I said, he is my priority. So, and in our household, we share things with my husband. It's not like I take care of the house and I take care of my son and my husband works. No, we both work. We both take care of the house and we both take care of our son because we're two parents. Yes. And so I don't have to, I don't feel as overwhelmed as some other mothers do because of this, you know, because when I have stuff to do, my husband adjusts his schedule so that I can do whatever I need to do and vice versa. So we work with each other a lot. We talk constantly, you know, how busy is your day today? Who's picking mm-hmm. up, who's dropping off, who's cooking dinner, who's, you know, doing the chores and things like that. So it's very much um, collaboration and I'm very lucky in that sense. Um, so I don't feel quite so overwhelmed. And sometimes I feel like, I could give my business a little bit more time, but my son is almost 10 and I fear that I only have a couple more years before he starts his teenage years where he's going to want to be, you know, hang out with friends and be alone mm-hmm. and things like that, which is okay, but I want to be there for him un- until he does. And so everything else goes, um, you know, to the, it's just pushed to the side. Mm-hmm. That. nothing's more important than the time and experiences I have with him so when he grows up I will never get it back so mm-hmm. well that's a way to you know uh, look at it and in I think that um, in some way uh, being a new parent myself uh, sometimes I worry that I'm not going to be able to go back and I'm getting older <laughs> and but then I start to look back and and think I don't know how much I'm gonna have how much time I'm gonna have with my kid and what if I prioritize going back to a job that can replace me at any moment Mm -hmm. and you know prioritize that over someone who is here every day and you know needing um, attention and guidance of course Mm -hmm. and my my baby is just uh she just turned one year old um a few days ago so (laughs) thank you so yeah so when you mentioned that you know during the pandemic you saw that as a way to you know to bond and that's really a good way to look at it and to um 
make you realize that okay this is the time that i have now i have to focus on my family and they're the most important part of my life mm -hmm. and yeah like like you said about you know collaboration or always sharing the chores and you know your activities with your husband i think that's how it should be i don't yeah. understand why um a lot of men <laughs> oh my god i hope i'm not gonna be <laughs> uh commented but you know i'm not generalizing but in right. this in this group uh that i'm a member of it's uh, about postpartum and mm -hmm. a lot of mothers are complaining there because the the men who used to help them a lot or you know who were nice before they had children suddenly are too busy and that their work is more important and that mm -hmm. the mother is simply cleaning and it's so mm -hmm. easy but it's more than that you dedicate your whole time and your whole body and you feel like you're you don't just exist as one person but you're like two and you have to constantly think about yourself sometimes not even yourself mm -hmm. and your schedule and you know to balance so having a husband that helps you is really really mm -hmm. uh, appreciated so mm -hmm. you're very lucky and important i am i am yes in that sense i am he actually uh, i tend to uh do chores during the day sometimes as i like go upstairs and like, oh laundry needs to be done so i throw it in and he told me he's like you are working right now stop <laughs> doing chores we will do them over the weekend or in the evening but you you're working like don't don't do this you know, thing, and you're going to be doing everything yourself, and it's not your job. It's both. Oh, of us. that's so sweet. I know, I know. I was like, okay, fine, I'll go work. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he he's a really good. Um, I I don't even know what to label it, but he's he grounds me, um, mm -hmm. in the best possible way, you know, and he just sort of like gives me a heads up when I'm overdoing something or underdoing mm. something. Uh, so, so yeah, it's good to have a partner, um, whether it's a husband or wife or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, that, um, is supportive and, um, and just is there for you and you work as a team. So, yeah. Yes, definitely. And yeah. I also would like to say that uh, I am also lucky <laughs> to have a husband who does the same. I don't know. Maybe it's a Slovak thing. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. it's not. It's not. <laughs> I've had classmate. I remember we had a reunion from elementary school after 20 mm -hmm. years and one of my classmates. Oh, I will never forget this comment. It haunts me to this day. He's like, my wife is so great. He she takes care of everything. By the time I come home from work, dinner is ready. The apartment is clean. The kids are like, whatever. And I'm just like sitting there and just, <laughs> just, I didn't even know what to say. I, I'm mm -hmm. like, you sound like such a jerk right now <laughs> for the word. But I, I was like, you yes bless your wife for doing all that but also mm -hmm. how can you let her you need to be a partner it's you know I know there's plenty of relationships that still work uh the traditional way but mm -hmm. a lot of them do because there's not an open communication mm -hmm. you know just the, the women feel like they have to do it and men also feel like they have to do it and mm -hmm. my husband told me straight up he's like 
I'm not going to be a breadwinner. That is such a huge pressure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, because of COVID, he was let go from work last year. And he, it's still haunting him to this day that he can be let go any day. And mm-hmm. it's, he, you know, it's scary. I mean, mm-hmm. I went through the same thing. So it's not it's too polarized, I think. And it's, it's too, it's a lot of pressure on for a woman to be doing everything, but also for a man to be the breadwinner, you know? So mm-hmm. I think if the responsibilities are shared, it's, um, it's much better and much more balanced, you know, Definitely. I come from a family where both my parents work my whole life. And so I didn't feel like I was, I missed out or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So Mm, that's good to have them as you know your models <laughs> well in the work <laughs> the working part and, and the rest of it they're they're very much still an old school <laughs> mm-hmm. I know what old you mean division of things you know and mm-hmm. so I try to talk to them about it sometimes but you know it's it's it is what it is mm-hmm. <laughs> I got you so yeah uh, you know sometimes it can still be traditional uh, there mm-hmm. are parts of you know these relationships that we see that are quite um, equal in in a sense but um, yeah I noticed that here for example the the wives or the mothers are very caring they mm-hmm. they really prioritize how can I say um for example my mother-in-law she likes to I don't know yeah. if she likes it, but I feel like yeah, yeah, it's her. She's been taught way. to do it. Yeah, yeah, she's been taught to think she wants to do it and she likes it. Some women actually really do like it. So yeah, so that one. Well, I am very appreciative of that, but it just—I mean, you know—that's the traditional part of it, and she's very um, caring person, and she takes yeah. care of everyone. And when you get there, it's like, okay, it's done. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we are getting farther again. But um, so we are almost finished. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask, what is your advice for people who want to, you know, pursue their dreams, particularly who wants to pursue art? Well, I would say it's definitely different uh, depending on where you live and mm-hmm. your financial situation. Absolutely. You know, I, um, if I didn't have a partner that had a steady income, I probably would have a full-time job right now along with doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. um, because of, you know, I, I don't know if it's like midlife crisis or something, but I'm thinking <laughs> I'm 40. I don't have retirement savings, really. Uh, I don't own anything you know, it kind of starts getting to you. And so mm-hmm. I think it depends what people's uh, comfort zone is. Uh, are you okay? Uh, are you able to um, having income that's not steady, uh, not knowing what's going to happen from one week to another, uh, you know, what, depending on situation. But I would say it's always the right time to start pursuing something you love because you will always find time to do it 
Mm-hmm. Even if you're a full-time job, even if you're a parent, even if you're, I don't know, have other things you have to work on, because if it's your passion, you will always find time to do it. And even if you have to do it in the beginning, uh, on the side, while having a full-time job, that's okay, because you actually don't have to worry about finances, and you can start doing it and see where it takes you and, and mm-hmm. where you can go. But I will say, don't wait, just start and do it. Good, good. Is it what you did <laughs> in 2017? <laughs> no. <laughs> I. <laughs> but that's I what you learned. I, I sort of just fell into it. I mean, I never planned on having my own business and uh-huh. it just kind of happened and I had to adjust. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, it, it just happened. And then I had to retroactively have to figure out everything and how it's done and how to do it. And what do I want? It took me like three years to really think about what do I want from this? How do I want to go forward? Where do I want to move to, you know, with my work? And uh, what do I want it to be? I was so in the zone doing the same thing for quite some time. I never really thought about it. My only thing was like, I need to make money so I can sustain myself. But everything else was sort of, I don't know. I just didn't really think about it. And then last year, I finally, um, I had a part-time job for a little bit, which allowed me to sort of take a break and really think about what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Do I want to continue this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what changes I need to make? So, um, yeah. You have to really find, you know, uh, get things into perspective. Yeah. But yeah. But as you said, just go for it. Yes. If that's where your heart is, so just go. Uh, okay. If any of our listeners would like to learn from you, because I know that you mentioned in, on your website that there were not many resources or people who could help you learn this uh, project. So where can they find you or how can they learn from you? So I have online classes, I have live workshops, I have uh, YouTube videos, even in Slovak, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, plenty of information on my website, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, my goodness, I'm all over the place if you just <laughs> Google my name. So, uh, and if anyone has any questions, I have uh, my email, hello at myrangine.com always available or on social media, um, anywhere, pretty much. I answer every single comment and every single message. I don't leave anything um, unanswered. So <laughs> yes, so I, I pride myself on that because I want people to learn. So mm-hmm. so that's myraandjean.com. Mm-hmm. That's my yes. website. Uh, by the way, I wanted to ask, um, who is Myra and Jean? <laughs> 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 no one always everyone always asks me that and I don't know any Myra or Jean it was another one of those things that came to me one evening I was falling asleep and it just hit me in the head Myra and Jean and I said well if one day I have some sort of a creative business it will be called Myra and Jean so, <laughs> that was fun but then 
I was talking to someone on Facebook locally here in Seattle, and they said that her grandma's name is Myra and her sister is G. And I thought that was really creepy and cool. (laughs) At the same time, yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for, you know, the time that um, you gave us. So thank you so much. And I really enjoyed this conversation. So I hope you guys did too. (laughs) Thank you so much. Same here. Thank you for having me. I hope you uh, will have better experiences in Slovakia. I hope you uh, get to enjoy it. And um, yeah, thank you again for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening in to today's episode. I appreciate the time you took out of your busy day to join me in this conversation. I want to keep sharing stories that will help us to keep moving forward in life, no matter how scary or unfamiliar the situations might be. With that, it would mean so much to me if you can drop me a review in your chosen platform and follow me on my Facebook page, Small Girl Abroad. So tune in and enjoy! Enjoy!